and welcome to another episode of Here's Why I'm Crying. Um, so today I wanted to talk about, well I titled this episode Oversharer, right? Um, I'm an oversharer. Um, and so that's true in a way, but at the same time, uh, this episode is going to be all about like what's a good amount of sharing, whether or not it is good to share, overshare, talk about yourself, your your aspirations, your goals, the projects you're working on. Um, and so let's just jump right into it. So first off, I hear so, so often, and I mean like on podcasts I listen to from friends, in Facebook posts, in memes, all over the place, I regularly see people say um, that it's best to keep your head down or keep your head low or something uh, <laughs> like that. Um, that it's that when you're working on a project, set your goals, don't share them with anyone, do a good job, and then pat yourself on the back. Um, and I see people share that a lot, and every single time, it kind of makes me roll my eyes a little bit, and it kind of makes me feel sad for that person. Um, because I think that when people have that attitude, it is simply because they got burned. So, here's what I'm here to say. I absolutely disagree. I don't think you should ever keep your head low. We've got this one life, right? And, um, not to sound, not to sound cheesy, and I hope that my episodes never do come off that way, um, you know, as cliche or cheesy or just hopelessly optimistic, even though I, I kind of am hopelessly optimistic in a way, but, you know, we do. We've got one life, um, what is the point in having goals and in enjoying successes if our head must always be low? Your head should be high at all times. You should be always looking forward to something. You should be always excited about something and enthusiastic about something. I am not of the opinion that you should um, make a conscious effort to keep things to yourself because do, firstly, doing so literally takes from your joy. So if you're so excited about something that it just happens to stumble out of your mouth, that's good, right? Like that's you enjoying life, enjoying the things that you've got going for you. That's how it should be. Um, And when it comes time to think about what we say, if you're choosing to keep something to yourself that you want out, you know, that you want to talk about, that makes you happy to discuss, um, I just think that that's sad. I just think you're denying yourself. Um, and what's the point in that? Um, and then also, you know, people, when they say pat yourself on the back or whatever, congratulate your own self, um, why? That doesn't sound very fun to me. Um, what is the point in enjoying success if you don't have friends to share it with? But I do understand where those people come from. And usually, like I said, it's because they've been hurt in some way. So either you've mentioned your dreams to someone and they have given you um, a hurtful feedback. Like I remember being 16 years old. I was working my first job. I was talking to one of my coworkers. And for whatever reason, it came up that I wanted to be an actor, which, um, you know, I, I still would love to act. I don't want to be a full-time actor, um, but, like, if my life allowed me to, uh, work on some, uh, projects here and there, I, I do love acting, um, so it was something that I was really passionate about and really cared about, it wasn't, you know, just, like, I want to be famous, um, you know, I love acting, 
and I shared that with someone. I mean, I shared it with everyone, but I shared it with that coworker that day for whatever reason. And uh, he said to me, um, you're not hot enough to be an actor. And it really hurt my feelings um, because obviously all actors aren't hot. I mean, has anyone ever been under that impression, <laughs> right? I mean... Different strokes for different folks, but there are absolutely plenty of TV shows and movies and uh, videos on the internet and all over the place with actors who are not conventionally attractive. Um, being hot isn't a requirement for being an actor. You know, I'm sorry to break it to these idealists who think that, you know, all movie stars should be hot, but hot people are not the only people with stories. There are other stories to tell. Um, you don't have to be hot to be an actor. Secondly, um, I am conventionally attractive. It's okay to know that. It's okay to say that. And I think it would be a blind spot, um, if I didn't know that and if I didn't say that right now. But it was very discouraging and it also felt kind of mean. Um, it felt like, you know, like I said, there are plenty of actors who aren't attractive, so his reason for saying that couldn't have been to dash my dreams um, for any logical reason. It was either to make me feel bad about my appearance or to dash my dreams just because for some other reason, like maybe he thought they were stupid or, you know, maybe he was jealous, like he lacked the courage to be an actor to get on stage and perform and, you know, he wanted to put me down for that or he maybe he just thought that being an actor was a stupid idea. I really don't know what was in that guy's head, but... Regardless, um, it did. It really hurt my feelings, obviously, to the point that 11 years later, I still remember the conversation, and this was my first job. And I also want to add that the guy who made this comment was uh, no, uh, no supermodel himself. So, um, hi, Edgar, if you're listening. I still remember that conversation, um, and it was really mean. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I think that everyone really goes through... Uh, a conversation like that and gets their feelings really hurt and you can really let that break you. Um, a lot of people, you know, they have that conversation once or twice or maybe even three, four, five times and by the end of it, they stop chasing their dreams. Then there's other people who feel beat down on and feel discouraged and they feel like they're supposed to stop chasing their dreams but they want to keep it. So what they do is they adopt this attitude. Well, I'm going to set my goals, follow my dreams, you know, do the thing that I'm passionate about, but I'm not going to tell anyone about it because I won't get hurt that way. So I'm here to tell you um, that you can still get hurt even if you don't tell anyone your dreams. You're denying yourself a lot of joy and a lot of pleasure and a lot of really great things people would say to you, um, you know, like, people often give you lots of words of support and words of affirmation when you tell them your dreams. Um, and you're also denying yourself a lot of really great opportunities. Um, so, like, I tell everyone, <laughs> you know, I'm a writer, I'm a singer, things like that. Um, and part of that is because I don't know how not to say those things. Uh, but another part of it is that I am constantly looking for people to collaborate with for just the right connection. You know, I live outside of Nashville, Tennessee, so pretty much anyone that I meet could 
be a producer or could know a producer or could work for a record label. I have a friend who works for Spotify. I don't know why I couldn't say that. Um, but when we met, she didn't work for Spotify. Point being, like, if I had never told her then that I was a musician, she may not know now, uh, because what am I going to do? Be like, oh, you work at Spotify? I'm a musician. That's uh, shitty. Don't do that to people. And I'm not saying that connection has panned out. It has not. Um, but that's not to say it won't in the future. You know, and not just specifically with her, but with all kinds of people. And, and not just opportunities to become successful, but opportunities for a sounding board. So, again, constantly being on about, I'm a writer, I'm a writer, I'm a writer. Well, you know, another friend or uh, someone who was started out as a coworker was like, oh, really? Well, like, I, I really want to be an editor. Could I read some of your work? Yes, absolutely. And uh, please give me feedback. Because uh, here's the thing. Any, I think any passion you're going to follow, especially in the arts, you are going to receive some feedback. And it's not probably going to be very nice a lot of the time and you have the opportunity to receive that feedback from people whose opinions might not really matter for the first time or the first time you get that feedback could be from your idol or uh, you know the person who has the opportunity to make or break your career and wouldn't you rather have your coworker turned friend who's an aspiring editor and part-time massage therapist and musician someone who knows a little bit what they're talking about but is is not in that world yet wouldn't you rather her tell you look I think you've got the bones of something good but you need to do this this and that to the story wouldn't you rather hear that than just submit your work to your dream agent and possibly just get passed up or possibly get a really nasty rejection but either way if you submit it to your friend first you're gonna get this feedback that you 100% would never have gotten from yourself if you didn't speak to her because we cannot see our work with new eyes she's probably going to say it much more nicely than someone who is not invested in your feelings and um, your work is automatically better for doing that before you submit it so your odds of you know landing that shot are good. Uh, they're better anyway, better than they would have been. Another great reason uh, to tell your friends, um, and uh, not even just friends, but just everyone, is accountability. So if you meet, especially someone new, right? Someone who doesn't have any preformed thoughts about you, but who is writing the story of you as you tell it, um, if you tell that person, I am working on a novel, then, you know, second time that you guys meet, second ever time, what do you think that they're going to ask you? Guarantee they're going to say, oh, hey, how's your novel coming along? Um, and then, of course, too, with people who are close to you, they are going to um, ask about it, and that keeps you accountable. In addition, you can actually just seek out someone to make you accountable. Um, you know, one of my very best friends, uh, Caroline, I've probably mentioned Caroline on my YouTube, my other podcasts, this podcast, everywhere. I love Caroline. Um, she's also a writer, and uh, she's also a stay-at-home mom with a baby uh, under one. So, you know, our lives can be a little bit crazy, um, but... We talk about our writing together a lot, and it keeps us accountable. Um, with her, I'll just 
not, I've been a little worse about it lately. My brain's been a little scattered. But when I think about it, I will just text her either, you know, have you been writing lately or, you know, what are you working on right now? Um, and I'm glad that I'm talking about this now because I realize I have fallen off the wagon and I need to, like, find a writing meme and send to her. Just text her how many words you at, whatever it may be. But we always talk about our writing uh, when we meet up and catch up. And, um, like, she began uh, working on uh, National Novel Writing Month in November, and she sent me her bird count. And uh, I had not been writing at that point in November at all. And uh, I know in my last episode I told you that a writer, if you are going to make it as a writer, you have to write. You cannot breathe without writing. Um, and this is kind of what I'm getting at, though, is, like, it... I don't mean that you're doing it every second of every day. There were a couple of weeks there where I didn't write anything. Um, but I just, just to lend my credibility to you guys, I actually had just submitted my novel to another agent. So it was okay that I wasn't writing. I had something in the works. I had a web being spun um, and I had ideas I was jotting down. But I had not sat down at the computer to just write, write, write. Um, I had done tiny bits of research and jotted down notes, but it, you know, when she sent me her word count, I was like, whoa, kick ass, I'm so proud of you, I need to sit down and write. Um, and so my point here is, um, when you talk about your goals, your aspirations, your dreams, your ideas, you've got people to keep you accountable. Another good reason is inspiration. Um, <clears throat> talking about uh, ideas and stories and, and just in general, anything that is in your creative mind is really good, uh, inspiration for both you and the listener. So this one, I'm going to zero in on the aspect as a writer. Any new experience for me is story making material. Any new thing, I might learn a new, how to say something in another language I try a new food. I find a weird new spot in my town. Like, oh my God. Okay. And these are like inspiration for writing moments. They click in my head. It's a very specific feeling and I catch it and I like bottle it up inside of me. And I know this is writing material. Uh, before it got cold out, my husband and I discovered this flea market. So we go to the flea market thinking it is what it appears like we could see a few tents from the road um and then we park and we get out and it's huge i mean insane and we don't live in a very big town there were so many people there that we were positive that they weren't all that people were like driving miles and miles to come uh, work this flea market and it was um mostly latinos and our town is like super white so this was, um, again, like such a surprise and an exciting one too, because, um, there was like really great homemade Mexican food, uh, like food trucks and all like horchata and different things, uh, Mexican hot chocolate. And then in addition to like all of this flea market stuff. And that's exciting, right? Because we didn't even know you could get good Mexican food in our town or, you know, homemade horchata and things. And then there it was, this flea market that looked like it was five tenths, and that was it. Huge. And I, I remember, like, stepping out, and I was, like, moments like the, the, these, I don't know why that was so hard to say, moments like these are what write all of my books. Moments like these, like, 
there will come a time, and I, it wasn't like I had an idea for a specific one. It's not like I was like, oh, in this story that I'm currently writing, this is going to happen. No, it wasn't that. It was just filed away. And I knew in that moment, there will come a time that I am going to have a character who is going to either eat something I ate today, go to a flea market like this one, witness something I saw. I saw all kinds of different livestock for sale, which was just like new to me and a little bit crazy to me to see just like, you can walk over here and buy DVDs, you can walk over here and buy clothes, or you can come over here and buy a pig. Things like that are new and it's not something you can Google. It's just something that you've got to live and you feel how it feels to see that thing um, and you taste the flavors and you smell the smells and you hear the different inflections of people's voices who are not speaking English and that is huge. It's major. Those are the things that um, some piece or many pieces of that experience absolutely will make it into my work at some point in time. Um, and that's the kind of thing I said to my husband that makes a book. That is the soul of the book. Like if I wrote my story specifically about me going to that flea market, but I didn't tell you how it, it felt, um, you know, to have my first sip of a cucumber, mint, lime, agua fresca, uh, then that story would have no soul. Like those are the moments that um, I think make people fall in love with the character or that are gut-wrenching when a character experiences loss, things like that. Um, and so I know that this is a little bit off track, when, you know, versus this is an experience versus a person, but let's fast forward to a year from now. Maybe I do decide to write my novel around a flea market, uh, another novel, and maybe I'm talking about that to someone. They say, you know, oh, you're a writer. What are you working on? And I tell them, well, I'm writing a book about, you know, a flea market. That person might have a really cool story to tell me too, or, or maybe not, but, um, it plants something in people's minds. There's always the opportunity for inspiration. And then let's talk about the fact that you're not going to do every project you do. And so you are going to inspire other people. Um, I don't mean in that they're going to necessarily like steal your stories. But, um, you know, maybe an aspect of something you told them is going to strike just the right chord. And they're going to, you know, say... Like, maybe I'm talking about the novel that I'm trying to get published right now. Maybe, you know, I'm talking about the love, the romance aspect of it, the romantic relationship. And that inspires someone to write a song. Um, my point is that you inspire your friends in the creative sense, but also in the action sort of way. So when I tell my friends, hey, I finished a novel and I'm trying to get it published, or even when I tell strangers that, Someone who wants to be a writer really bad but is afraid or does not know how to go about getting it published, that gives them the opportunity to ask me questions or if they're too shy, they can even go home and Google up. But seeing that I'm doing it is going to make them say, well, hey, I could do it too then. And that's so important, you know. Uh, we should be inspiring one another and letting ourselves be inspired too. Uh, another really uh, great thing that comes from sharing and oversharing is that you get help. Maybe you can't think of just the right word that you want. Text your friend. Ask them. 
Why would you spend a bunch of time flipping through a dictionary and Googling things and just leave a word crossed off and underlined when you could text your friend and ask them? Your friend who's an English teacher. That's what I'd do. That's what I've done anyway. Um, maybe you need someone to proofread. Maybe you need someone to lend you a flash drive. I don't know. That was a weird thing to say. Nobody needs to be lent a flash drive. But you get what I'm saying. Like, if there's something that you need, you can receive help if you are talking about it. Another thing about sharing your uh, goals and dreams and all that, blah, 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 blah. Um, other people's opinions. So I wanted to talk about this uh, because it, it, in one way it's a reason to do it, to share. In another way it can not feel good. Um, so here we go. Some people don't have very nice opinions, won't say very nice things. Um, I gotta tell you, you just have to get used to that because even if you don't tell anyone until your goals have been met, um, you're going to have nasty opinions shared with you. You know, even if you don't ever post anything to YouTube where people will leave horrible, nasty comments, um, if you... Let's say your goal is to be a musician. If you make it, um, well, I hope you never go on the internet again. People are going to have terrible things to say, uh, not just about your craft, but about you as a person, your appearance, um, your beliefs, and your craft, everything. Um, you know, the, the long and short of it is that people um, can be not very nice. And especially behind uh, the <laughs> keyboard. <laughs> but even in real life, you know. And if your dreams and goals are not creative, but maybe, you know, it's something like, okay, uh, my sister, you know, she wants to, um, <laughs> she uh, wants to work in counterterrorism. I mean, people are definitely not going to have nice things to say to her there. So, what, you know, I mean, they don't have to be nice, you know, in a job like that. So what difference does it make if someone says something shitty to her now? I mean, she's going to hear it now, or she's going to hear it later, or both. And the one benefit to hearing it now is that maybe, just maybe, you'll become a little desensitized to it. Or maybe not. Maybe it hurts every single time, you know? That's possible, too. Um, but my point here is it's unavoidable. And you, you don't have to be a creative for that to be the case. People are mean all across the board. But you know what else? People are really great, too. Um, and for every terrible <laughs> opinion someone's going to share with you, there's going to be, you know, probably 50 really nice ones that are shared with you. And you would, you would hate to miss out on all of the nice things people have to say to you, right? I mean, truly, like, if these were just comments... Um, like printed on paper that you could read. Would you would you rather read none of them, or would you rather read two mean ones and two hundred nice ones, or whatever? I don't know math. Don't listen to me. <laughs> um, I mean, would it really be worth missing all of that good just to just to avoid a few bad? Um, I don't think so, and I think that you that's no way to live your life. And then there's, there's another piece about opinions. Um, a lot of people 
these days seem to be like, oh, I, you know, fuck everyone's opinion. And it's easy to say that other people's opinions don't matter. Um, I'm here to tell you other people's opinions do matter. Um, and, I'm, and I'm sorry to be the one to break it to you. Um, but the good news about that is it can totally just change how you view things. Uh, it doesn't have to be uh, something that makes you hate yourself. It can be something that helps you improve yourself. So, for example, uh, I think that the novel that I'm working to publish right now is a great example. The people with whom I have shared the actual manuscript are not just literary professionals. The people who I am uh, looking to for opinions, editing ideas, uh, title changes, you know, all of the things that I know that I'm not big enough to conquer on my own um, because I have accepted that I'm not perfect, uh, that I don't know everything. I've reached out to these people, and those people are normal people for the most part. Now, I'm obviously not looking to anyone who hates books, um, but I'm looking to people who like to read, and uh, that includes, uh, you know, people with their master's degree, people who are professional, you know, in the professional world. I mean, people who have never been to college, uh, you know, but just like books, <laughs> etc. The point is that everyone has opinions, and everyone's opinions matter. Because opinions are what make up the world. Again, uh, whether you're a creative, or um, you're more academic, or whatever it may be, when the time comes for you to submit your work, Fill out the application, take the interview, whatever it may be. The one deciding your fate is really is not a robot, is not a soulless professional. It's a person. Everyone's built of their opinions and their perceptions, and that is universal. So you don't have to have experience in the field to be able to say, I didn't get that from your story. Or to be able to say, um, this character is really not likable. Or to be able to say, this ending needs to change. Or I want to know more about this. Again, that's my bit for the writing side. But you can translate that into, you know, your passion and your specific direct goals and, and uh, aspirations. Anyone can give you those opinions. Of course, listen, of course, if I have a published author reading my manuscript and then I have my mom reading it, 100% I'm going to give a little bit more weight to the opinion of the author. And even better, if it's an agent or an editor or someone who works in the publishing world. But, <laughs> but, my mom's opinion matters too. It's not only those professionals who, um, you know understand how to read a book, who understand, you know, the complexities of, of many different people. Don't be the writer who writes for the publisher. Be the writer who writes for the reader. Um, and maybe my advice is not for shit because my book isn't published, but I like to believe that um, if you write uh, with the reader in mind a little bit, you know, 
right from your heart, but but also for the reader, then I I like to believe that your work is going to be just maybe a little more meaningful. You don't want a cash cow. I mean, unless you're over here writing Fifty Shades of Grey, shade intended, then uh, you're not here to like make a business. You're here to live your passion. You're here to tell a burning, fiery story within your body, you know, that you, that's going to burn you up if it, you don't get it out. Um, and so if your goal is to share that, um, then of course you want to be sure that it's going to be received correctly and uh, that it's going to touch people the way that it touches you. Um, and so, listen, the average person, that's who's reading your work. Uh, the average person, that's who's going to be your boss. That's who's, uh, that's who's interviews you're going to have to be taking, etc. Those are the calls you're going to have to answer. Um, so I would not say, you know, fuck everyone's opinion. I wouldn't say that at all. I would say everyone's opinion is very important, um, but prioritize your own. So there are certain aspects of my story, um, you know, that one person said, you know, they should change or whatever, uh, or, or it was like, I got an idea for the structure and someone said I should change it. I can't, I can't remember the specifics, but point being, I do remember feeling in my soul, no way am I changing that. It was, um, crucial to me. It felt right. You'll know when to make those calls, you know, so for a lack of a better term, follow your heart, but do listen to others. Do care for the opinions of others. Uh, there's a whole lot to be gained from doing so, and I think it's also just a good way to be a human. Uh, one of the downsides, though, about uh, sharing and uh, oversharing and listening to people's opinions and all of this, I can think of two total. One, bless you. <laughs> One is that uh, you obviously can receive poor feedback. Uh, maybe someone is like, look, I'm sorry, but your book is not good. And it might be true, but it's not going to feel good. However, I would argue that you should hear that. Wouldn't even if you're a garbage writer and you love writing so much, wouldn't you much rather hear from some people that are either your friends and family or people in a writer's group or whatever it may be, wouldn't you much rather those people say, listen, your craft is just not where it needs to be. Then, to not know that, think that you're good at it and spend a lot of time Writing, rewriting, editing, mailing, all of those steps that one takes when they're trying to get their work published. And, you know, you could spend years of your life doing this. And wouldn't you rather hear firsthand, hey, listen, I don't mean to be rude, but, you know, you're just not a great writer. I don't know if this is the career for you. And it does not mean you should stop writing. It doesn't. If someone told me tomorrow, like, and I, I like to believe I'm a decent writer just based upon I've taken a lot of writing classes. That's what I studied in college. So, therefore, I've heard a lot of opinions. Professors, uh, classmates, friends, 
family members, etc. along the way. No one has yet told me I'm not a good writer. However, if I went to a writer's group next week and everyone in the class said, listen, I don't think your craft is where it needs to be, believe you me, I would not stop writing. Um, what I would do is I would sign up for a writing course, whether it be online or at my local community college or whatever it may be. Um, and I would study up some more because there are pieces of all art that can be learned. And then maybe a few months from now, I might go back to a different writer's group, see what kind of feedback I get. And if I were to hear like, yeah, dude, you're just, your story's okay, but your voice is not good. Um, again, I would keep writing. Maybe I would uh, post my stories to Tumblr. Maybe I would just keep writing and eventually self-publish just so that I can feel the satisfaction of holding a book in my hand. Again, as I said last time, more on self-publishing later. It's not just a bash anyone who does it, um, but not for me. You know, anyway, point is, we live in this cool world with, like, endless opportunities for you to express yourself. Um, and you can be super passionate about something and every, look, every single dream you have isn't maybe going to come true. That's okay. You keep working at it, and you find a some sort of form of that dream that works for you. Like, okay, being a writer is one of my life's absolute greatest dreams, one of my biggest goals, right? But maybe um, one of my other passions and, uh, <laughs> you know, goals could actually be met in some sort of way that would allow me the time to still write every single day. And, uh, you know, even if none of those books got published, sure, of course it would be a disappointment, it would be sad, um, but I'd be writing every day. Um, I mean, that would, that would fill my soul. You know, that would bring me so much joy. It would make me feel like, okay, I'm not living the life that I had hoped I would live, but I am living a very full, very happy life. I get to do the thing that I love. Um, and you know what? With a lot of practice and a lot of work, maybe one day my writing would be up to par. That's what I'm saying here is, you know, just again, people's opinions do count. Um, and you should be open to them. And um, you should really be re receptive to feedback and um, allow it to to shape you, but don't allow it to put your light out at all. Life, you have to be adaptable, and it's all about adjusting and uh, figuring out how to make it work, how to achieve all of the things that um, are most important to you, and how to uh, share something invaluable with the world. We've all got something invaluable within us, um, and... Um, you know, we all need to share it. I think we're we're obligated to our fellow humans to do so. Um, and another great thing about learning that maybe something is not for you is that that means there's something else you have not yet discovered or you maybe you have discovered but you just aren't focusing on that is for you. And uh, so, I mean, I don't think most people are going to receive this kind of feedback. Don't get me wrong. I think most of you, if you share your work and you listen to other people's opinions, you're going to get constructive criticism that allows you to work on specific aspects of your work. 
But this this little bit here that I'm on right now, this small tangent, is specifically for those of you who are going to be told. Listen, I I don't think this that you're going. I don't think that you're going to make it as this isn't that, or I don't think this is the right move for you. It is so exciting, I think, to be given a new opportunity. Every closed door really is an opportunity to open a new one. So if this does happen to you, if you do learn, and I don't just mean by one person, please do not take one person's word as gospel. I'm talking about uh, several opinions from a wide variety of people, some of which are trained in your field. Um, if that happens and you have come to the conclusion maybe at least for the time being you need to adjust your your goals, your passions, your dreams. I mean you can't adjust your passions but your goals and you know uh, maybe what you're focusing on at the moment. Uh, if that happens to you I think it's very exciting to be able to say I'm one step closer to actually realizing my purpose, to actually living out one of my dreams. You don't know it yet, but, you know, it's going to happen. And, you know, being a mother was one of my dreams for all my life, and that dream has come true. Um, and you know what's funny about it? It is everything I could have dreamed of and more, and also not at all. So, so different. I mean, I don't know if you've heard this child screaming the, throughout the episode. I'm going to try and edit out as much as I can, but he keeps trying to push the keyboard. And, um, you know, that's just like the mildest of it. Um, there are so many things about being a mom that I didn't expect that you can hear but don't understand until you live it. Um, and then just outside of that, like he's a very, a, he's a great, wonderful joy to me. But uh, there are all these physical problems I didn't expect to have growing up and here I am and the conclusion all of this has left me with is I don't know if I'll have a second I mean there will absolutely come a time where there is more than just Oliver in my house uh well and my husband you know <laughs> but I mean in terms of offspring <laughs> but I don't know if I'm going to have another baby uh, it's been weighed on my heart to really consider fostering, and I might do that someday. And I think that that might be my calling. And as much as I really wanted to give birth to a baby girl, I um, found out that I don't love having a baby. Um, the process, I super love having a toddler. And physically, having a baby is really hard on me. The pregnancy, the birth, breastfeeding, having to pick that kid up and bend over. So many aspects of having an infant, I don't know if I can go through again. And I may, don't get me wrong. And if I accidentally get pregnant or something, by all means, I will have the baby. And I will be greatly happy about it. Greatly happy? That's not right. You know what I'm saying. I'll be overjoyed. But at this time, I don't, I don't know if I'll seek that out. And of course, I was having a hopeful... <laughs> full crisis over this when I came to this realization, when I was going through the hardest months of having a baby and of being a new mom and I was alone and I was miserable and I cried all the time and everything was so hard and I said, I just don't know if I can do this again and it broke me. But, you know, now that I've kind of come out of it and I'm not still in that zone, I have realized, like, being a foster parent 
I mean, it's almost, I don't want to say it's better because I've never done it yet. So I don't know what it's going to be like for me if and when that happens. Um, but like when you just look at the world at large, like the world needs more foster moms than it does, um, you know, biological moms or even adoptive moms. You know, there are orphans out there whose entire world will be completely changed if there is someone with a warm, loving home to care for them uh, versus this non-existent baby that I have not made yet. That was just an idea and it was for myself. It was for me. The further and further I get, the more that I have realized that it's okay. Maybe I, maybe I don't have a baby girl ever. And even if I did have another baby, it might be a boy, uh, which I would still love. But, you know, point is, this dream, this idea that I had in my head for, you know, all my life, nearly 27 um, years of life, it's not may not happen. Uh, probably won't happen. And, like, that is cool because I can use this thing that was selfish in nature, me wanting to have a baby girl. I wanted to put bows on her and teach her everything I've learned about being a woman and all of this, you know, all these beautiful little moments. Those, self, those are selfish. Those are what I want to do for myself. And I can take that and I can apply it to making someone else's life better, uh, helping someone else to ha have a home, a family, even if it's just for a short time. So I, I think that's a pretty big one. Uh, and this is kind of how I think that all dreams go. We're not all cut out to have babies. We're not all cut out to be touring musicians. We're not all cut out to be writers. And it doesn't mean like, listen, if I had a baby girl tomorrow, well, firstly, it'd be the world's shortest or least expected pregnancy. <laughs> but secondly, I'd love her to pieces. I mean, everything would be beautiful and wonderful. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, sometimes things don't work out the way that we hope and dream and pray that they will. Um, and the thing that happens is, is maybe better or grander or it's going to affect the whole world differently. The other downside of sharing is it leaves you feeling very naked and vulnerable. Um, listen, everyone's different in this way. Uh, but like for me, I get really amped up and I share everything. I have no filter. <laughs> um, some of the things that I tell people, specifics about my work, like a line from the novel that I thought was funny or you know, a goal, a dream, whatever, you know, a small detail or a big picture. Some of those things aren't don't need to be shared with everyone, and I do not have the filter to determine it when I am very amped up and excited. Uh, and sometimes it can open the door for weird feedback or weird responses, and other times the response is polite, but I just get left, or it's even nice, but I am still left feeling, like, naked and vulnerable and, like, I have just, like, scratched my own skin off or something. I don't really have any good advice on how to deal with that feeling, but what I can say is that the fear of that isn't really enough to say, okay, well, then don't share. I don't feel that way every single time. 
that I share. And even when I do, it will pass. It's not that big of a deal. Um, and I just try to be forgiving of myself and, you know, give myself grace, be gentle with myself. Um, I think some of it, some degree of it is an anxiety thing to where I'm like, okay, well, I shared this and what if they think it's stupid or what if it's bad? What if it's not good and I'm just walking around telling people stuff? And so I, I try and be mindful of that, like, okay, self, you're being anxious and paranoid. Move on. You know, but even when it does feel bad, uh, it doesn't negate all of that really great stuff that I just spent, you know, all this time telling you about. And then the last thing that I want to talk about while I'm on this topic of sharing uh, is totally kind of on a different limb here is calling yourself uh, what you are, the terminology. So in the same vein as, you know, sharing, uh, hey, I am working on a novel. You can call yourself a writer. I, actually, I think it's important that you do. A lot of people want to debate what is it that, at what point, at what dollar amount earned do I get to call myself a musician? Am I a writer once my book is sold? Or uh, whatever, whatever. Uh, for me, I didn't really start calling myself a writer until I had officially been paid for my work. And it was, again, not very much pay. Um, but at that point, I felt like, well, I'm a professional. Even if the amount earned was literally less than minimum wage for my time, hey, I was still being paid, so I'm a professional. But in the time since then, I have really adjusted my attitude. Um, that was when I started calling myself a writer. Am I currently being paid to write? No, because I'm focusing on myself and uh, seeing my own work come to fruition. But I'm still a writer, and the qualifier to me is that I'm writing. I mean, write? If I'm writing, I'm a writer. I don't think that anyone else gets to decide that for you. I don't think there's a golden rule. Now look, if you are writing one paragraph every three months, I'd hardly call you a writer. But if you are a person who... <laughs> has outlines on their computer, who has part or all of a manuscript on their Google Drive, who has submitted to an agent before, or who, um, you know, has poems sitting in their notepad on their phone. You know, you are a person who is actively writing. You are a writer. If you're a person who is regularly submitting your headshot, who is regularly attending casting halls, you are an actor. You're out there acting. Maybe you're not getting the jobs that you want, and maybe you're not getting paid for them. But you're acting. You're out there reading the script. You're out there doing your monologues. You're out there trying. You're an actor. If you are making music and you're performing, you're a musician. I don't care if you're performing for YouTube. I don't care if you're busking on the street corner. I mean, whatever it is, if you have an art that you are working and you're sharing it, uh, you're a musician. Um... And so I just wanted to kind of give you that permission because, like I said, a lot of us, we feel like we don't want to sound cocky. We don't want to, um, you know, give ourselves more credit than we're, or worst of all, make it sound like we think that we um, 
are better than we are, you know, make people think like, oh, wow, she really thinks she is, you know, making it, and she's not, or she thinks she's the shit, and she's not, you know, um, I think that's a fear for a lot of us, and so we will <laughs> work around it as best we can and be like, I'm a person who is currently writing my second novel and attempting to get the first one published, and you've got all these, like, precursors, like, I am in the editing stage of this third, you know, I am an aspiring musician. Well, shit, man, if you're out there making music and uh, that's what you're working on right now, you're a musician. I just think that if you're doing it, that's what you are. And I think it's, you should call yourself what you are. Doing so, you not only deserve to do that, you not only deserve to give yourself that kindness, but doing so, I think, is uh, powerful for your work. If you call yourself a writer, I think that you are lending yourself a little bit um, more freedom to spend time writing. Uh, maybe you don't think about it, but I, but I believe that you are. And, uh, you know, same goes with everything. If you're working on something... You're allowed to give yourself that title. I am giving you the permission if you needed it from someone. Um, and then take it fucking seriously. If you have the passion in your heart and you can't help it, but write, write. And if you're writing, call yourself a writer. And if you're calling yourself a writer, then give it what it deserves. Don't give it 50%. Give it 110%. Lose sleep some nights because you will forget the idea if you don't write it down now. Tell friends you're busy because you have already scheduled in your writing time for the week. Skip out on a nap that you really could use. Have a lunch date with yourself. Whatever it is, you know, take it fucking seriously. Be hard on yourself and also be soft on yourself. And uh, that's kind of, that's what I've got for you today. So I, I hope that you guys, you go about your week with your head held high Share the shit out of your aspirations and your goals. Call yourself what you are, you know, and you can do all of this while being incredibly humble, which you should, <laughs> you know, all of us. I don't care how many Grammys you've won. All of us should be humble. All of us should understand that we are still students. You know, we are both students and teachers to everyone we meet. That is important to keep in mind, um, you know, but also... Take yourself seriously um, and take seriously the, uh, the, the goals and the dreams that you carry around with you. Do it to it, guys. Bye. Did I just say do it to it?